Hello, welcome back to the Beautiful Mess podcast. I am your host, Nash, and today I am joined by my bestie, Ash. Welcome back, Ash. Hello. <laughs> Today's Trying to discreetly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today's her birthday, so whoop, whoop. should I sing you? Oh, you should play the, the, the voice. happy birthday. No, the <laughs> thing that happened this morning. The Siri thing? Oh my goodness, that was so funny. Hold on, I have it. I'm trying to be cute and send her like a song in the No, morning. it'll say it'll speak for itself. Okay. Where is it? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, I'll put it to the mic. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday. Oh, sweet. Oh. Thank you for the birthday serenade. Siri, that is so rude. This wasn't even for you. Siri just. <laughs> Siri interrupted my birthday serenade this morning. How sweet! Thank I you. That know. was very sentimental. He just like stole the show, <laughs> but it was so perfect because that it wasn't planned or anything. It just happened, and I sent it to her. And, anyways, that was my happy birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> How do you feel today on your birthday? You feeling I old feel... and wise? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I honestly, like, I feel like in your 20s, it usually flies by, but I feel like every yeah. year has felt like a decade and has also flown by because I'm, everyone always, like, as we were growing up, we're like, oh, you're going to turn 20 and then your whole life is going to flash and you're going to be like 60. Like, everyone always gave me that perspective of, like, time flies before you know it. So I've always mm. had that, like, almost eternity mindset of, like, oh, I better hold on to this moment because it's going to yeah. go away. And so, no, I mean, like, I just, I want to, you know, appreciate all my moments and whatever. So, like, now I'm 27. I'm like, man, I feel like I've been in my 20s forever. And it's because I'm, like, grasping at holding <laughs> on to them. Yeah. Um, it is weird to be 27 because I keep forgetting how old I am. Even mm. today, when someone asked how old we were when we were doing the checkpoint to the co-working spot, and they were just like, oh, how old are you? And I was like, 21. And I said it, <laughs> like, scared. Like, it was the cops or something. Like, I was in trouble. <laughs> like, I'm not even drinking enough. or anything. Yeah, like, I'm just scared. How old are you? 21? <laughs> like, my hands go up. Like, I'm going to get arrested. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, it's good. I am thankful that I feel like God has answered a lot of prayers about gaining wisdom and understanding mm. and kind of getting a better sense of how this world works and how yeah. people work and how we were intended to work and the common ways in which satan twists the way we understand things um yeah. so that's been helpful you know what's cool and you brought it up about like we're talking about your you being reborn on your birthday yeah it's also a great chance for you to reflect and mm -hmm. you know look back at god's hand in your life and just I don't know, just have that reflection today yeah. <laughs> since you're turning another year older. Or should mm -hmm. I say... Um, don't say nothing else. I was going to say, um, <laughs> what is it that they say, like, another when wine wise, ages? Something, like, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, they're just trying to make it sound pretty. <laughs> um, yeah. Age like fine wine or yes, something, get yeah. better with age or whatever. Exactly. I mean... I mean, it is true. true. <laughs> like, even with your walk with God and stuff, like, I, if I think about all the stuff... If I could talk to my younger self, I was just so impatient and so like. Oh, you're jumping ahead. That's a question for later. <laughs> okay, okay, my bad, my bad. I was just, I wasn't gonna go deep. I was just in in general. I was impatient. just impatient, like about anything, anything. Mm -hmm. God said, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm like, all right, well, I prayed the prayer. Where is it? And yeah. like, I'm already. It's like when you order from Amazon and you check every day to see yeah. where it is. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. No, we definitely are 
society has that amazon prime mentality of like we want it yesterday i ordered it now i, I should have gotten it last yeah, week i'm shipping it's the microwave i did my communion i did my <laughs> fasting where is it <laughs> yeah i heard a girl online she said that we approach god in the microwave mindset mm. but he he works in the crock pot settings like <laughs> it's slow it's stirring it's mm-hmm. cooking and it's gonna be nice and <clears throat> juicy and good mm-hmm. but we want it now and Dang, you I know, just got hungry. We just ate. <laughs> you know, stuff in the microwave sometimes be coming out kind of crazy. Kind of. That thing be exploding. Is dry. Things it's are coming alive. It's speaking in the microwave because the sauce is like uh, blah, 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 blah. lovely. <laughs> All that to say, obviously, today we're gonna talk about your testimony, and yeah, I'm just grateful to God that I've been able to be a part of the journey along the way, and I'm grateful for our friendship because we've been into the thick of it so yeah um as we do on the podcast before we start off with your story we are gonna read the word of god i you know i got that from church they have a stand we read the word of god before we get into it so as our guest which you're not really a guest you've already been on the podcast welcome back home i'm still a guest (laughs) i need my guest okay as your guest um (laughs) go ahead and share your scripture that you're bringing to the pod so I just grabbed one because you just asked me. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and I looked at it, I just thought of Titus has been on my mind like all day today. And I think it's because a lot of to do with my walk and what I went through. Titus was a main uh, like knee jerker for me or like a main pressure point um, because it was so clear and so very stark. There was no yeah gray it was black and white of what god wants and there's no room for interpretation when you read not it at all. flat out like that you're like oh not at all <laughs> not at all titus 2 11 for the grace of god that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly desires we should live soberly righteously and in godliness in this present world as we await the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us that he may redeem us from all the lawlessness and purify himself for a special people zealous of good works teach these things exhort and rebuke with all authority let no one despise you Mm. Mm. that is just like straightforward (laughs) there's no room yeah there's no no wiggle no what i wanted to bring up i mean i i'm not sure if i said any of these scriptures in our friendship episode but again i said how thankful i am that god has allowed me to be on your walk through the before christ all the middle of figuring it out and even now um in this new season of our lives but i pick i have two so i have our scripture mm-hmm. which is ecclesiastes four twelve. a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer yep. three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken the next one is proverbs eighteen twenty four. there are friends who destroy each other but a real friend mm-hmm. sticks closer than a brother mm-hmm. so with that and even oh wait go ahead no i was gonna say by the way i'm grateful for you too you kept skating over that and i didn't have an opportunity to reciprocate that's okay i appreciate you too it's my birthday yeah (laughs) i was gonna say also that it's a big deal that she's here today sharing her testimony because it's not i mean it's not easy at all to even talk to someone in your life one-on-one about it but i know that for a while you struggled with feeling ready or like you had the story put together enough for it to be understood correctly but um definitely by the grace of god we're here today 
mm-hmm. get to share your story and we are stomping on the devil right now mm-hmm. well it wasn't even like if i it just wasn't completed yet like my testimony i was at the phase where i knew what i believed but there was no evidence of anything changing for the longest time and mm-hmm. even when there was evidence of things changing and me being able to walk out this life with god it was so highly debated that I wanted to say it when people had the right heart to hear it and receive it. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I wasn't up for debate. I wasn't in the mood to whatever. Like, you're not going to invalidate what I've been through because yeah. I took it just as seriously as anyone else because it was my life. Mm-hmm. So that was just part of why I wasn't so open about it. Because, like, people had opinions, as you'll hear, yeah. people had opinions for every phase and now no one has an opinion because they're like oh look how you know look how it happy turned out. Yeah, yeah look how it turned out it's all good now and it's like well now of course you see it but that's the whole point of faith is to have faith when you can't see yeah and then god reveals it in time yeah, yeah. that was definitely a big waiting season that you had for years mm-hmm. just for us to kind of have a flow with the story we'll go back and start at the beginning so if you want to tell us a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing <laughs> let's uh start <laughs> i don't have much to say about my childhood i mean i i mean unless there's something specific that comes up i mean i was raised same as you single mom my dad was in and out of jail since before i was born and my mom in order to give me a chance at you know kind of a better life and to be away from someone who was He was a drug addict and in and out of jail. So it's like when she found out she was pregnant and, you know, wanted to raise me outside of that environment, because I found out later in life when she was pregnant, there would be drug dealers knocking on the door at 2 a.m. looking for my biological father for Mm -hmm. money he owed them or whatever. And and he's Mm -hmm. in jail, sitting in jail while she's just alone in a trailer, like pregnant with scary men who are willing to hurt someone for the money that you know what i mean like it's just she didn't want that environment for me so she moved and she knew that if she stayed local she would just keep going back to him Mm. so in order to prevent her own temptation she was just like all right we gotta move so she moved us as far as she could south my mom did the same thing (laughs) so i mean that's mostly it for childhood i mean i didn't have much growing up but i never went without food you know Mm -hmm. so like there's different things I think God showed me in my childhood, but um, it wasn't, she definitely, I've definitely felt loved. I never felt lack in that area. It was hard to feel like I was lacking because I had an abundance of love at home. Okay. And then you, let's touch on your father. What was that like growing up? Because I mean, I I understand it too. Like your mom kind of fills in the mom and the dad role. Mm -hmm. So when were you old enough to realize like, oh, I, my father's missing from the picture i don't have that if you could remember i know that's Mm. you're getting old now so (laughs) i think now that i do have a dad in my life who is my stepfather who i call dad now out of respect and out of a i think i said it to him one time like because he came into my life as an adult and i told him like i call him dad out of respect for him and out of respect for god of i recognize that you sent him to fulfill that hole that was in my life but he until he came along i didn't realize how much not having a dad impacted me because it's hard Mm -hmm. to miss something you never had Mm -hmm. so when other kids are like oh mom i just thought it was and all of my friends had broken homes or came from broken homes yeah so it was the norm you know (laughs) like even i was close with you i was like everyone had either a blended family or a broken home or whatever like no one had the cookie cutter 
So when I started to grow up and in college more so, I would see people who had like married parents and things. And I was just like, what? Like your family's happy? What? Like your family's together? (laughs) Until I was an adult, I just didn't, I wasn't exposed to that. So it was just normal for me to just have mom. And she was so young too. So I already felt the weird, like, you know, everyone commented on it adults Mm -hmm. and whatever and as a kid you kind of just absorb what you can so when people are like yeah like she's a single mom she was a basically a teen mom even though she had me when she she was pregnant at 18 she had me when she was 19 so she was technically a teen mom she was new to adulthood yeah um a baby having a baby basically and she was on her own with angie my aunt um in florida and so she kind of just raised me the best she could so i don't think it processed for me very well and the only time I ever saw him was when I was eight and we visited him in jail. And I think it was... Oh, how was that? It was... I don't int- think I've heard this. You haven't? I don't know. So well, we'll <laughs> see. For the longest time, my mom told me he was sick because she mm. didn't want to explain to me what was going on. So she said he was sick and my little brain didn't comprehend what that meant. I was just like, why is he in the hospital for so long? Like, <laughs> like I didn't understand. I was like, is he okay? Is he going to make it? And I think when she realized that it went from an easy explanation to me starting to be concerned, that she started to, she then told me the truth because she didn't want me agonizing over, is he going to die? Mm. So she then told me he's in jail. And I remember, it's funny because it's weird as an adult having memories of being a toddler and thinking like a toddler. Yeah. Because I was like, what, six or something or whatever when I was really asking questions. And she told me. And I remember acting weird that day because I was just like so confused and like I didn't know how to feel. And I felt like I should be mad, but I didn't understand. And I didn't like it didn't I didn't know how to comprehend it at the time. Yeah. So it didn't really affect me. And then when I was eight... Um, we went to Maryland and my mom asked me, which is where we're from. And my mom asked me like, what, like, do you want to go see your dad? And I was like, well, we can do that. (laughs) (laughs) To to me, he was in some far off land. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to see him. I want to see him. I think I did have moments of like, cool. Like, that's my dad. It felt so cool to be able to say that the word dad. Yeah. Um, but we, I remember he came out and they were having quote adult conversation. So I, what's funny is like, as a kid, I would pretend not to listen so that they would keep talking. But then I (laughs) pretended so much that I actually wasn't listening. (laughs) So like, I have no idea what they talked about, but I remember he had two bracelets on and I was fumbling with it. And mom said, stop messing with that. You're going to take it off. And he said, oh, don't worry, she won't be able to take it off. And so I obviously took it off at that point because then it was a challenge or whatever. Yeah. And that was the WWG bracelet or JD bracelet that I held on to for a long time um, was just because of that. Because I took it from him and then wore it for a while. Because it was a lot of stuff that I didn't realize until later. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know that you said, you know, your mom moved you guys out here alone uh, what was your relationship like with your family? Because I know for me, when my mom moved us down here, I didn't really see my family that much. I would maybe go for summers to my grandma's house, but it stopped when I got older. And we didn't really keep in touch until, like, you know, Calvin passed, and then we were kind of forced back together. <laughs> so what was your relationship like with your family growing up? I was still really close with them, as close as you can be when you don't live the same state (laughs) yeah the same state because i went back a lot i went back like every summer every christmas pretty much every whenever there was a break 
one of my grandparents would like get me a ticket to come see them or whatever so I went back a lot and I loved seasonal weather and all that stuff so it was always good memories to go back up because it would be really cold and I got to wear a jacket and like sometimes it would snow and like I see my family who I don't get to see that often so it was always good memories I didn't talk to them every day but I also felt really excited and it helps that every time I would come up everyone would be so happy to see me and it was just all good vibes you know yeah nothing negative that's good so what was your as far back as you can remember what was your view around religion and god growing up i was like i remember my grandma reading me and jason's stories when we were growing up every christmas she would read us like she had this christian book and i remember her sitting us down and reading it to us one christmas my view was my family always talked about god and i was always aware of god but just like most people who grew up in the church and stuff i always viewed it as like this is just what you do like you just go to church i did have a feeling of like a fear of denouncing it i definitely Mm. never felt comfortable saying there wasn't a god because i felt that weight like that was a lie yeah but it was definitely an influence i always felt disqualified when i was in church and as i was growing up because i had like same-sex attractions and things like that and it didn't feel like i was attracted to boys or anything growing up like it felt like i had to force it a lot yeah so when I was growing up in church or usually like kind of when I got older you don't really think about that when you're like five or whatever but as I got older people need to realize that they're over here trying to have kids make decisions you don't know (laughs) you don't know when you're that young you're like still learning everything yeah I mean I was definitely like confused and definitely had like weird experiences because kids are kids and they're just like doing things aside from like little like I don't know kid crushes or whatever like I didn't have anything I think I had one like if you can even call it a boyfriend in fifth grade where I actually was excited to spend time with him and like it did make me nervous to be around him and have those butterflies and stuff like that but after that it was just like there was no nothing past that I didn't want anything with with boys so in church growing up I always felt like I didn't understand what it was at first but I always felt like, you don't belong here. You're never going to be accepted. You're mm-hmm. always disqualified. doesn't matter what you do. Like, you can do everything perfectly right. You can never lie. You can do this. You can do that. But you're evil and you're... <laughs> no, for real. No, I know. I, I'm laughing because I can relate. Um, <laughs> not because it's funny, but... <laughs> it's funny after the fact when you realize, like, how Satan gets you. And, like, when you say it out loud after, you know, like, oh, that's so silly. It sounds so silly. It's not mm-hmm. even true. So do you think your struggle with homosexuality was rooted from the lack of a father figure and your distrust in men? Like when do you feel like that's why you could never like... I definitely feel like it was part of it. I mean, looking... Not looking back. (laughs) I know, I keep saying looking back. (laughs) So I definitely think it was part of it. When I was reflecting, I would think about the fact that I really didn't trust men at all. And it didn't help that like every man that mom had in her life was not someone that i felt really took care of her or was really a husband it always felt transactional it always felt performative it never felt like a genuine love Mm. it always felt like you do this for me and i do this for you whereas when i watched women interact it was just love and taking care of each other and that kind of thing so it kind of bred that distrust early on honestly because she had a lot of boyfriends that like they would have bad breakups or whatever and it just never felt like they cared about her 
they like she was pretty so it felt like they were just using her because she was pretty and like because they just wanted her they didn't like want to take care of her or be with yeah. her or whatever like they didn't like love have her a meaningful yeah relationship exactly okay. which is partly mom's fault because she didn't put boundaries and things like that so it's but also when you're immature and you're like and you have a kid young and then you have to grow up fast and you're still like figuring things out. I'm not faulting her for anything. It's just yeah. when I was observing her relationships, they never felt stable. It mm. always felt like they leave. Yeah. Men leave. That's what they do. They leave. They use you and they leave. So I do think that was reinforced. And not having a father figure didn't give me any barometer for what men are supposed to be in your life. We got yeah. along without them. And if not, like I was probably happier when she was single than when she was with people. So I think that mm. also added to it too. Yeah, and, I, and to add to that, I could see that how it could affect you viewing God as a father mm-hmm. when you didn't have, I mean, some people, <laughs> they have a father, but even if it's a bad example of a father, it's still, it, yeah. like, it's something that you can unlearn, but you know what it is to have a dad. Like, yeah. we didn't really know what it was to grow up with a dad, so when it came to accepting God and, like, I've at least for me, I felt like it was hard to understand how God can be the father in my life and like redeem that and fulfill that Mm -hmm. because I, I mean, God, I mean, Lord. Okay. Thank you for (laughs) the correction. Cause I was going to say God never redeemed that for me because you have Nathan now, like you have, you have a physical, but God redeemed that for me and that I have him and I'm now able to understand that. Do you think that some of your struggle in your faith was because you struggled also to accept God in that father figure? role that he has i think i definitely not accepting him as a father was an issue it was more that the type of father relationship for me felt like it was supposed to be transactional Mm. like i need to do this i need to do that or else he's unhappy with me and his hand of favor is gone which Mm. there is definitely seasons of that where like god will remove his hand because you are completely against him and moving away from him and that sort of thing but i thought i do one thing wrong your hand is off of me and it's Mm. all or nothing yeah yeah we both have that in common the all or nothing mindset Mm -hmm. so you know we kind of touched on the childhood and a little bit of teens is there anything else in your teen years that stick out that was like impactful moments on your walk with god or anything you want to share more about that's important in teens and a little bit early adulthood there was just a lot of like there was a pattern of being interested in someone them showing me interest and they would give me like an ounce and then I would give them everything and then I would be rejected. And it was a cycle and a pattern with every single person. And it happened every time in different ways. So I was always caught, as soon as I said yes to the sin, I was always caught in that loop. Mm -hmm. And even with like someone that I wasn't even attracted to initially, that I saw her And she would do things like, you know, I wasn't interested at all. And she would like look at me from across the room. And if I accidentally caught her eye, she would just wink at me. And like certain stuff Mm -hmm. like that or make her profile on her photo or sorry, her screensaver on her phone made it a picture of me and would tell people I'm her girlfriend and all this stuff. And I wasn't interested at all. And the chase was so heavy that I started to give into it. Started to affirm it. mm Mm-hmm. And then I would wake I would wake up the next day and be like, oh, I can't do this, whatever, yada, yada. And then as soon as I was like, all right, fine, I'm going to give in to this sin, she wanted nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I don't want to keep doing this with you. And it was just like, no matter what, I was rejected when I would give in to the sin. 
And I think it's because I would give myself full well. And I do think it was a protection from God because I remember Angie telling me one time that if Ashley, she was like, God literally told me in prayer one day that if Ashley falls in love with the wrong person, she will go astray. Mm. And it was because I would give my entire heart to whoever. Yeah. And then I would follow whoever. Didn't matter. And I absolutely believe that. It's scary to think about now. Yeah. <laughs> but it at the time, it just, I didn't know any other way. I didn't understand what I was doing or what I was trying to fulfill by doing that. So on the topic of rejection, how did that play a role in your friendships? Because I know we both, you know, we were in single mother households. So a lot of the times we're getting thrown into martial arts and summer camp and other people's houses and even just being involved in school and just having a lot of different areas where we had people. How did the rejection or even your struggle like play into your friendships? I definitely feel like they made it so I wanted to always have the upper hand. I never wanted to be vulnerable. I never wanted them to... Like, if I felt like someone was a risk for hurting me or a risk of getting too close, I'd immediately put a wall up Mm -hmm. and have an attitude or start a fight or whatever because I was afraid of that sort of emotional intimacy in friendships. Like, I definitely... And obviously, we've been friends since we were kids, so there was definitely times where... We confided in each other and whatever, but we also fought all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember there was like a period where we, I'd come over Friday nights and by Sunday we're pissed at each other. Yo, it was literally like clockwork. Like we were so excited. (laughs) We were so excited all week to hang out. She would come over for the whole weekend. We're like best of friends. (laughs) Yup, Friday. And then Sunday we're fighting and she has to leave. And I'm like, we need a break. Yeah, we're literally like, all right, I can't speak to you anymore. I gotta go. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) And my mom would be so confused. She's like, are you guys friends or not? (laughs) No, we would literally, it was like a timer. It would be like a certain time on Sunday. And we're like, I want to go home. And you're like, you need to leave. I don't want you here anymore. (laughs) We could only take so much of each other. Yeah, we literally had a timer. And then we had to go. We were the sisters and like the siblings that we never got to have. (laughs) No, I literally fought with you like no one else. And I, we talked about this uh, not too long ago, that I literally was treated like your sister, too. Not by, oh, yeah. your yeah, your mom accepted, accepted me like a daughter or whatever, but it was also, I got in trouble for stuff you did that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be there. And she's like, why do you let your friend do that? And I'm like, I wasn't your even friend. there. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't there. I wasn't with her. You were just, it was, we were a package. Just like in church mm-hmm. when they would say, Nash and Ash, we're, we came as a package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she even blamed me recently for the, when we were at dinner with her husbands. And she was just like, yeah, you guys used to drink my alcohol. And I was like, oh. no, I did not. <laughs> you I know was what? terrified of you. You got in trouble because you didn't stop me. Like if, like if that was some agreed upon thing like, beforehand. No, not even a stop. And this is the thing too. I wasn't even there. <laughs> but she's just like yeah you two would whatever but so that to me means since i was a teenager you thought i was a part of this just because we were close it's okay she knows now so thank you for your service (laughs) i know she's gonna listen to this ma i was the voice of reason to your kid a lot of times okay i was not not always a lot most of the time okay most there was very rarely where my morality was wavering with my teen years what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the conversation for off the podcast Just cut that out. <laughs> so let's 
put a focus now on your faith, like the beginning mm-hmm. time of that, since you kind of touched on like the tail end of your teen years and the beginning of your 20s. <laughs> so tell us about how you actually came into your faith when God saved you and you started your, your walk with God, like the be- like as early as you can remember. Yeah, no, I mean, I was thinking about this too when we are talking about teen years because I had that struggle. And then when I was 17-ish, I started to come out because it started to be where I couldn't keep it in anymore. And when I was a teenager, I was really confused because there was someone in my life that I had very strong feelings for. And there were moments where we were, you know, making out or whatever, but it was always like when we were drinking. And I was just very confused by it because it felt like so easy for that to happen if we were drinking. And then if we weren't, nothing was gonna happen because then there's no excuse for it to happen. Mm, It's hot and cold. Mm -hmm. So that made me kind of associate like alcohol with being able to do things that felt right at the time. Or like, as I hate when people say this, but like it allowed me to be authentic in those moments because if I was drinking, then I can make excuses for why I was doing whatever I was doing. Or if someone tried to call me out for it or tried to whatever. You could hide behind it. I could hide behind it. But then when I was like 17-ish, it just got to a boiling point where I was just very confused and like everyone's dating and I like had boyfriends, but I didn't have real feelings for them. And I had feelings for other people or not people, girls. And it just was getting very messy in my head. And I was very stressed out and I didn't have anyone to talk to because it was a very shameful topic. Mm -hmm. And because people kind of elevate that as like a major sin, which all sin is sin. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely highlighted at the time. Now it's a bit more like crazy. But at the time when I was 17, it wasn't like out there like that. And you were weird and something was wrong with you and all this stuff. So I was like, yeah, something's wrong with me because this is how I feel. And I didn't choose it. So... I would I started opening up and talking to people about it and through like 17 to I want to say like 1920 people would tell me who are Christian would basically say like oh you know there's there's I don't want to say camps but they did use that term but there's places you can go to, to get pray the be- gay away to pray the gay away to get better to wow. like change to whatever um, because they knew people that had done that and it worked for them or something like that and that was really hurtful to me because I was like, so you're saying the only way I can change is to like go get fixed, like go to a shrink. Like I'm really crazy. That's what this is. Wow. And then there was other people who weren't Christian, didn't have any faith. And they would just tell me, why would a God make you that way just for you to have to deny yourself or why? Like if he made you that way, obviously he loves you as you are and stuff why like that. Why is it wrong? Love is love. Yeah. And so I would get really confused and that never felt right to me either. Mm. So both ways didn't feel right to me. And I was just very like confused. It felt like I had no answers because it's either I live a celibate life and try to pretend to be this Christian that can handle it. Or I go to this camp, which I don't even know what that would entail. And that's very shameful yeah. to tell someone to go somewhere to get fixed. It's like telling them to go to rehab, but I didn't do any drugs. So like, but that's like when the girls would get pregnant and their parents want to send them off to like send them away so nobody knows they have the baby and you know yeah that's what it felt like of like oh we're gonna you know you get sent away so you can go get fixed but yeah so i'd have people giving me from both spectrums of like whatever and no answer felt right Mm. and i wasn't settled in my spirit of like what to do about it so when i was like 19 ish and i was kind of just living how i wanted to live and 
I was in a friendship where she was living with me for like six months and I had feelings for her and we were super close and we definitely behaved in a way that wasn't just friendly. And it was even other people would comment about it all the time, but she would also have boyfriends and things. And it kind of got to the point where I couldn't keep playing this game where I was just silently keeping feelings to myself to be around people because I was scared to be alone too. Mm. So it was like, I want to be around you. So I have to keep this to myself because if I say it, we're no longer going to be friends. Yeah. Even though the things we were doing were objectively very inappropriate. When I was 19-ish, there was someone who left my life where it was a very impactful and hurtful split. And I was just confused and it was continuing to be that pattern where I would just continuously get rejected after putting my heart out there or giving them my all or whatever. And it never felt like I got to get what I wanted, which was just to be happy and in a relationship and be in a loving relationship and that kind of thing. I never got to have that. Um, And I was in a very dark pit, was blacking out drinking, going to bars, smoking weed. Like there was a lot of stuff that I was doing that was just trying to medicate it and it never made it feel better. I just kept doing it. I just kept doing things that I felt like would medicate my problem and then I'd wake up feeling like crap and then I would do it the very next weekend and I had friends around me that were kind of encouraging that sort of lifestyle. Mm. And I got to a point where I was just like, all right, God, like I, if you're real, I need you because I'm really hurting. It feels like no one ever cares about me. It feels like no matter how much I put myself out there or how much I try to care about someone, they just trample all over me and they don't care and they throw me out. So it's mm. like, I want, if you're real, there's a lot I need to change about my life because I'm not at all living to any anybody's expectation. <laughs> like I was going to work, I was going to school, I was getting the grades, I was doing all the things, but I was just destroying myself mentally and like abusing my body with alcohol and stuff. Literally, there was a summer where I was blacking out all the time and blacking out, I think there was an alcoholism thing where it says blacking out changes your DNA. Oh, <laughs> well, I was blacking out constantly, so I'm probably a new person. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Um, I was acting very out of character. And I was just like, Lord, if you're real, I'm no longer going to follow you just because my family does, just because people tell me that you're real. It doesn't matter to me anymore. If you're real, I'll give you everything. But if you're not real, I'm going to walk away from this because... Mm. Like, it, and it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you show me you're real, I'll give you anything. I'll give you this. It doesn't matter. And so that, like, shortly after that, Angie, my aunt, had come to my house. And she was praying over my uncle. And we, I think at the time, I'm getting my timeline confused. I feel like this was around the time we got baptized. I feel like we got baptized yeah, after this. Yeah, because we got baptized when I turned 17. So if you're 19, it would probably be within the same year. Okay, so this is probably right before that. So she was praying over my uncle and she got to me and she was praying over me and she was just like, um, and I felt so like, not against it, but I was just like frustrated. Mm -hmm. And she got to me and she was like, something's stopping you. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And she's like, (laughs) do you want to go in private? Do you want to go pray alone? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, all right, let's go talk in your room. And then she was like, what's stopping you from giving your life to God? What's stopping you from from this or whatever? And I said, 
I just don't understand how I can do everything right. I cannot lie. I cannot cheat. I cannot steal. I can do everything it says in the Bible, but because of something I can't control, Ooh. I'm already disqualified. Ooh. <laughs> <As> <laughs> hearing the story for the first time. You've heard this story probably a thousand times. I know, but my ears are different. <laughs> We're in a different season, so I'm mm-hmm. just like feeling the Lord. So, and Angie, when I said that to her, she was the first person to ever give me a response that made any type of sense or gave me any sort of hope. Mm. Um, because everyone either told me to fix myself or be celibate or just go ahead and do what I want regardless of what the Bible says. Yeah. And none of them felt right. And she looked at me and she almost like cried and she just like looked, she was like, all right, let's pray about it. And she was the only person to give me that response. So we sat and we prayed and she was praying in tongues, which was very alarming to me because I've never heard her do that. Um, and she was like, I know this is going to be strange, but just go with it. And I was like, okay. So I bowed my head and I just was like praying. And then she blew on my forehead and I looked up at her and I was just so confused. And she was like, I'm sorry. I know this is super weird. I just do what the Holy Spirit tells me. And I was like, okay, no worries. And we continued praying. And then she said, the Lord said that he just wants you to give him a chance and he'll mm. show you a love that you've never felt before. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. <laughs> and like I broke down in tears. It was the first time I ever felt accepted where like I could just be. I no longer had to try to be anything. And I could strive. just be. Yeah. Ugh. And then that Sunday we went to church all together and the church was pretty empty because I think something was happening where, like, he was, like, offending people or something. And people were leaving. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this day, but it was at our old church, not the one oh, we go to now. Oh, okay. People were, like, getting up. Like, the whole row in front of us was empty. And I remember bowing my head. And I'm like, all right, Lord, like, I'll give you everything. Like, I'll, I'll change. I'll do whatever. Like, I'm here. And mm. as I was praying, like, it felt like someone blew on my forehead. So I opened my eyes and I looked around and no one was in front of me and no one was to my right and you were to my left, but your eyes were closed and you were just like praying. And I said like, okay, my life is yours. And Mm. from then, that's when stuff started to shift and change. And for an entire, I think it was a year and a half, I searched to see like, because it wasn't a real answer as to yes, no, like, can I be with a girl? Can I not? Like, there was no (laughs) clear, no clear answer. I would look in the Bible. I looked up on YouTube. I Googled it and I could not find a single thing to tell me whether or not it was right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe it was God's mercy because I wasn't ready to hear no. So I took it as permission as like, okay, well, I'm just going to be myself. And then you know, I'll just love God. Like now I can just love God and I can be myself. I can be with who I want to be with. And I think there was a, a service after that or somewhere where um, I was praying and I was like, God, do I need to change this or whatever? And like, do I need to change who I am or whatever? And the pastor said, the Lord wants you to know that you don't have to change a single thing. He just wants you. And I broke down and crying and I took yeah. it as permission at the time. But really, I think it was God. Yeah, it was grace. And it was God allowing me to like trying to show me I just need you. I don't need all your baggage. I don't need all your mess. I don't need you to be perfect before you can come to me. Mm. Um, You hear that? (laughs) What? She's talking to you out there. (laughs) God doesn't need you to be perfect. You don't have to wait to have your life together before you give it to him. He will be the one to fix that with time because God is merciful he is gracious. He's not just going to make you, like, give your life to him. First of all, he doesn't make you do anything. We have free will. 
second he's not gonna call you to a life with him and just do destroy you all at once like Mm -hmm. we are still on this journey of sanctification of being made new it's a a daily battle Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not gonna cost you everything all at once which is again that's not permission but it's like maybe i feel like people are scared Mm -hmm. to approach god because yeah you're supposed to have a fear of the lord and you know all this stuff in the bible is true there's things we're supposed to do things we're not supposed to do but none of that should ever stop you from coming to god that initial time because a lot of people are waiting they're scared we don't have that much time yeah (laughs) you don't want to wait and then it's going to be too late because once jesus comes back that's it yeah god still didn't allow me to know it was right or wrong until i was ready to hear it and i remember the day too because i was sitting at home and i was watching a a sermon and then they just flat out said it and i was i was like eating sushi and i just held it there and (laughs) like i just bawled and cried and i knew i was ready to hear it like it felt like it was time for me to like i felt like i the answer was no leading up to that moment and i was just shoving it down because i wasn't ready yeah and then it was said and it was just like a pop of emotions of like okay like I'll give it to you. Yeah, God wanted to wait for you to have the ears to hear, the heart to understand, and not if it would have been too early, you would have just rejected him and be like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna give up. Too much work. I'm not. Well, too much work, and I'm not gonna give up who I am and something that I didn't even choose. Yeah. Because you felt like it was in your control. Yeah, and in that year and a half or whatever, that's when we were learning the most about God. Yeah. And learning how He operates and how He works or whatever, and I started to fall in love with God. Mm-hmm. Isaiah one verse eighteen. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. That one's good. I don't think this is the one I was thinking about, but... You were thinking of the whoever shall believe. Whoever yeah. shall believe. Basically, just come as you are. Like, you don't got to be ready. You don't got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. In her story, she was still in the thick of her sin, still accepting it, still believing it was a part of who she is. But the fact is that God understood her heart and that she was willing to seek him and eventually was willing to give that up mm-hmm. and yeah. god does that in us when we give him our lives he's gonna pull the things away he's gonna shake us he's gonna make us new it's not anything that we can do or work for we just have to be willing mm-hmm. and surrender and and get out of the way yeah but yes so fast forwarding into accepting and now it's wrong and i know that it's wrong i told one of my closest friends at the time that i was hanging out with all the time and he was wondering why i was so upset and i told him what i was thinking knowing that he wasn't a christian and he was an atheist and he was just like well if you're so upset about it like why do you have to give it up Mm. and i'm like because and i knew and i think that's why god was waiting too because i had to be ready to rebuke others when i had no proof that he was going to do anything or change anything but his words said that that is not right so i had faith that he was going to change my desires yes which he did um but yeah spoiler alert she's married i'm happily (laughs) married yeah happily married to a man man. yeah no it definitely like it was it's so beautiful looking back now but at the time there was a lot of struggles and it's funny because every time i struggled with lust or something would come up or whatever like i would end up praying and i would end up praying for i think one time i was like i was getting ready for work and i was crying in the shower because i was like god i don't want this i rejected this a long time ago why do i have these feelings whatever yada yada and i was just pouring down crying and embarrassingly enough i had like gone to the closet to get dressed and then i saw like my baby shirt from the hospital and like 
had given a speech to this little shirt about how I was going to get it together for my future daughter. I was like talking to my future daughter and I was like, I'm going to fix this so that you can be born and you can have a future and I'm going to be the best mom. And like, I am going to show you that our God is good and that he can do things and whatever, yada, yada, and that and the impossible is possible or whatever. So I made this whole speech to a t-shirt about how I was going to get it together for my daughter, which is crazy because I never wanted kids. I never had that desire, but it's one example of how God changes your desires to align align with his will yep so that you can partner with his will and enjoy the process of being sanctified mm-hmm. and at, even after that i had another moment where i was having a lustful moment and i was driving just think trying to figure out how to deal with a certain situation with a female and as i was driving i just started like thinking about all i could see was like the back of my husband and he was holding our daughter and i could just see the face of our daughter so and now it, um on well, this side do you remember it yeah like, i was just about to like, say yeah i was about to say the person i saw was wearing a button-up and had jet black hair <laughs> <laughs> <That's him. laughs> yeah. and so like i just saw the back of him but i saw it was like a white button-up like a business shirt and like he was like that and like i could see like our daughter over his shoulder and it just was like black hair and it was one of those things that like I was just kind of thinking about it and I was just like, that's what I want. I want my husband. I want my daughter. I want like, I want that life. I want a family. I want a hope. I want a future. Yes. And so those desires started to pour into me and everything else felt like it was actively jeopardizing it. And so anytime I would compromise to sin, I felt the weight of jeopardizing my future and my family's future. Mm -hmm. Playing with fire. And I was definitely wrestling with that of like, if you really want this, you will be given to it. So keep playing. <laughs> no, and, and even at that, like I, I mentioned too about how even after knowing better, after having f- a few years like setting up my foundation with God, I ended up falling back and having mm-hmm. a, a, a season of rebellion and just like being lost. Yeah. I know that also happened like, <laughs> well, I guess I've had a couple seasons like that because I know we like got baptized. We were doing this walk together. We were really on fire seeking God, reading the Bible and like crying because we would learn who God is together. Not even the Bible. We were reading five oh, minutes we were of reading Jesus. A devotional. <laughs> yeah, we were reading One a, scripture at a time. Yeah, we were reading a devotional. We were like about to pass out from fasting wrong. Like we were just <laughs> so in love with God and just trying to do <laughs> whatever. And then we both, I know I was the one that, I mean, not that I started it, but I had the started f- it. <laughs> I had like that first fallback when I was like in a bad relationship, and then, which is funny how the people that are around you it affects you because I struggled and we were still like close in the beginning of that time frame. So I even remember you saying that you would struggle with God because you would tell him like, "Well, if she gets to sin and do whatever she wants, I'm gonna do whatever I want." Yeah, it was definitely like. And I think there was one point, and we might have mentioned this in the other podcast, but of like being in the car and me saying like, I'm not strong enough to oh, be yeah. here and be your friend and watch you do this because I'll want to sin too. Yep. And you just like very attitude turned to me. I was like, so you're telling me you don't want to be my friend anymore? And I was just <laughs> like, I think you misheard me. <laughs> I remember when you said that when you drink alcohol, it changes your DNA. I was a different person. That was not me operating. <laughs> yes. No, I know. I mean, even in your eyes, it wasn't you. Um, Yo, the eyes. Windows to the soul. For real. If you ever question in somebody, just look at their eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can see the light of God or the darkness of the devil. Yeah. Oh, Mm. Mm. on a shirt on the a light t-shirt. of the lord or the darkness of the devil <laughs> <laughs> no, 
That's new merch dropping soon. <laughs> in the description. Yo. God kept giving me a hope for a family. Like, oh, yes. I just wanted to pray for my husband. And every time I went to pray, I just ended up praying for our kids and my family. And it was kind of one of those things where it wasn't enough for me to do it for me. I had mm. to do it for someone else because... Yeah. Like, if it was up to me, I'm like, but this is fun. And then I would continue that way. And feed your flesh. And it took a while for us to actually learn what flesh versus spirit even was. So in the beginning, we're just trying to be like, all right, Jesus died for my sins. You know, he is the risen um you know accepting the salvation all of that basic stuff again i i touched on there's there was like some back and forth how did your faith play a role in navigating and overcoming those challenges that you faced with your sexuality that was a long question (laughs) you need water (laughs) yeah how did what so how did your faith play a role in how you navigated your sexuality and how did you overcome those challenges yeah god kept coming and getting me <laughs> that's like it kept, podcast is over thanks yeah, for listening <laughs> he kept getting leaving the 99 to come get me Yo, <laughs> that, you know that's where he was when i needed him he was trying to get your behind <laughs> yeah no i was definitely running away as fast <laughs> as i could yeah, with my seen, little legs have you seen the video of the shepherds chasing the sheep and they just <laughs> he picks them out of the hole and then he just jumps right back in the same yep, hole that's what i was doing i was just <laughs> like, yep. what is that <laughs> head first no, I was for sure diving uh, headfirst. And the, the worst part is, too, like, when you give into sin and you're living that life, no matter how much fun it is in the moment, you're just miserable. And I was just miserable the whole yeah. time. I was mentally distraught. And the worst part, too, oof, there it was something that took me a long time to forgive myself because there was someone who, at first, they started to see my walk. And this is I was super on fire. I was super in love with the Lord. And I would share it with whoever was willing to listen. Mm. And I had such a heart for eternity for people who were around me. And it just felt like I didn't love you or actually care about you if I wasn't willing to offend you to tell you the truth and be there for you in love. I wasn't just going to leave you. You tell me you're struggling with something and you're disqualified. I knew the feeling of disqualification. So I was like, no, I'll be there for you. Mm. Whatever you're struggling with, like God's not too small to handle whatever you're going through, whatever your struggle is. I'm like, I'll be here. Like, I'll pray with you. I'll do whatever. I'll fast with you. We need to do more of that now. Yeah. And... I had that mindset and there was someone who came up from more of a Catholic upbringing. They, she was just like not a fan of religion in any aspect and kind of looked down upon it in my eyes. And as I was talking to her about Jesus, she started to come around Mm. and even got to the point of saying like, I want to go to church with you because I've never seen someone so genuine about this kind of stuff. Mm. And I proceeded to fall into sin with her. And it ended up where we never even spoke again after that. And I felt horrible because I just showed her what everyone else had always done to her, which was just like use her and then Mm. leave her. Except I left because she didn't want me there. I wasn't going to intrude on whatever. I wasn't going to keep harping on her. And I realized in that point that I wasn't the person to help her see God because I wasn't strong enough to stay away from my sin. And so it took me a long time to forgive myself for that because I let my selfish fleshly wants get in the middle of someone's eternity. Mm. And I don't know how she's doing to this day. And I pray that she, you know, someone else will plant the seed that will stick it through and be there for her and obviously now i could probably be that person but at the time like i was just miserable and i was using her to medicate my pain yep look at you were talking about titus 
I put down earlier today, not even knowing how the conversation. Well, I know how the conversation, the story, <laughs> yeah. but like the extra, you know, comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Titus 1 6 says, Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. I struggled mm-hmm. with that myself, kind of the same thing where I was trying to be that salvation for a friend and I got pulled down. I wasn't strong enough because we were trying to do it in our own will. Yeah. And I was trying to do it yeah. while entertaining my sin. Yeah. Because you can't be both. You can't be the light of the world and like show people Jesus while actively sinning even if you think you're hiding it because i thought i could hide it and weave it in there and Mm -hmm. still have fun and whatever and i couldn't and same with your story of like what you were going through at that time when you were trying to be there for a friend it's the same thing we both were trying to like have our fun and have our cake and eat it too yeah where they're gonna get magically saved by our sinfulness and by us saying yeah god we don't care what you have to say we know it's wrong we're gonna do it anyway because you'll forgive us yeah and we didn't we didn't follow being set apart yeah we were trying to have darkness and lightness coincide and it never works and it does more harm than good because we both I mean, I know for yours it was a little bit more romantic, but we both ended up having to... (laughs) (laughs) We both ended up having to drop those people out of our lives because it got to a point where it was like, I either stay with you and destroy my own eternity or Mm -hmm. I leave, I sacrifice this relationship so that I can get right with God and I hope that you're going to get right with God too. But it's like that trusting where you have to leave it up to God because you don't... Again, you don't know how they're doing. I don't know how he's doing yeah but we just have to trust in god's goodness that hopefully at some point god can salvage any kind of seed that we left in the good moments yeah no that's more like a downward spiral and um i think what helped me come out of that time period was mom married nathan and watching him kind of take care of her um showed me how i wanted to be taken care of and showed Mm -hmm. me like and even before that, so before that time period, I felt like God was clearing me out for, um, and kind of showing me, like, this is the life I want you to have, and I was actively rejecting it, and still somehow following God, but I wasn't, because I was still living for others' approvals, and that was another thing, too, is that I was definitely changing my verbiage, and changing certain things that I believed, because I wanted to be accepted, I didn't want to be rejected. I didn't want to be whatever, which is funny because I've had conversations now where I've walked that life. There was no shot of me being with a man at all. I was 100% on the other side. Yeah. And I'll have conversations with people today that doubt how genuine that was. And like, oh, well, you know, because of how I am now, I must have... You know, no, like it was for real because I remember asking you like, oh, do you ever think like, okay, but well, what if the guy was like this? What if he was like that? And it was like, nope, 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 nope. And yeah. you would even try to sit and like, I was going to say fantasize, but like to imagine it, it. Yeah. and it, nope. I literally, I think I remember telling you like, if I was to be with a man, I'd have to be Ooh. with a girl too. God so. wanted the glory. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, for sure. Because it literally got to a point where like, I I just couldn't see myself with any man. I didn't trust any man. I didn't even the men that I did trust as friends, like I just was not attracted at all. And they were attractive guys. They were aesthetically beautiful. But <laughs> I unfor- like well, fortunately, because yeah. they weren't for me, but I just I couldn't I could accept the fact that they could be a model 
in the sense of like i can see that for you yeah but i had no attraction whatsoever they could be the nicest person the funniest person they i could get along with you so well we could be two peas in a pod i had no attraction yo we even like once i started dating my husband we even went on double dates oh and there geez. was every <laughs> before your husband now obviously but every guy there was something it was like and it like was within a, the first date that I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, it, like this wall was built up that only God can bring down. And mm-hmm. the more that we tried to do it, the more clear it became that this isn't something that she can't change yeah. on her own. No, for sure. And I like, and I always had hope that God would do it because I'm like, I'm not going to believe in small things for God. I'm not going to believe mm-hmm. in something I can do for myself. And one of the shameful things that I had felt for a while of not wanting to share my testimony or being picky with who I told it to because yeah. I was afraid that they were going to react in a way that would make me upset was that I told God, if you rescue me from this, if you actually change me, I will not withhold this information from anyone. I will tell everybody <sighs> what you did. And I got brought out and I kept it such a secret for a while because once people couldn't see it on me anymore, I felt a like sort of normalcy pride of where for once I felt accepted, once I felt belonged, I felt like I belonged in society. It was no longer seen on me. I'm normal. Mm -hmm. And I had such a joy in finally being normal that I didn't want to be seen for my past anymore. I didn't like people couldn't read it on me so anymore. So I didn't want it to be attached to me anymore. And that drove me to not want to tell people because I'm like, oh, like, if you didn't guess, I don't want to tell you. Like, yeah. Or if you don't straight up ask me in a private moment. Yeah, because I started to dress more feminine and act more feminine and whatever. And like, so less and less people know. And then it got to a point where they wouldn't tell at all unless I told them. And then because I'd always been more sporty, but like I would be a lot more like, I don't know, not masculine because I don't think I ever was masculine. But I was definitely more like bro-ish. <laughs> like um, tomboy. Yeah, like more of a tomboy. And it was a little easier to pick um, just based on like certain things. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was definitely ashamed of it and then wouldn't tell people. And now as I'm sharing my story, even in some of it, I have to watch myself not to change any of it to appease people. Yeah. Because nowadays it's such a touchy subject. And because I know that it's wrong and god changed the impossible for me to walk because i said your word says this is right and this is wrong so if i'm in the wrong for something i didn't do you need to make it right lord i am available i will do the work i will change i'm willing but i need you to change what i can't touch yeah and he did that and then i was like okay great thank you (laughs) (laughs) no and and honestly your testimony is not about you at all Mm-mm. it's just about god and his power and his mm-hmm. redemption and like i i had said yesterday that each of us have it's all like we all have the same purpose on this earth in terms of bringing people to the kingdom of god being the salt and the light all of that but the stories that we share like as much as i know you even when i hear your story for the thousandth and tenth <laughs> time i'm still like oh yes because i just it's all god's glory it's all the glory honor all of the praise goes to god and it's hope because you're now at a place where you can share it and you're not afraid who's gonna hear it we're literally recording a podcast anybody could hear it Mm -hmm. not to make you nervous no i don't care (laughs) but like we are finally stomping on the devil and i know that there's people that are gonna listen to this that they also struggled with homosexuality and they're gonna see a light at the end of it and or even 
maybe they don't even know that it's wrong because look at how society is now yeah it's becoming more and more normal quote-unquote or should i say quote-unquote before more quote-unquote normal (laughs) and it's just like the more time that passes and the closer that we're coming to christ's second return the less obvious it is i mean for a, a christian in the word and with the holy spirit it's obvious but people that are still lost they're they're not seeing it clearly they don't they don't get it and they don't see the point yeah so i mean i still i went through that phase for a while where like and i still continued to like mess up and i was on dating apps and the devil is interesting because i there was at one point where i clicked for men and women and so i was like oh like i think it was like bumble or something where it was like you meet friends yeah i was like oh it's i meet friends that's Uh all this is Mm -hmm. and then so i let that little gateway in and then was uh, meeting up with a girl and all this stuff and the crazy thing too is simultaneously while all this stuff is happening and i think part of it too was my sort of struggling with my humanity of like i believed god could do it but i also simultaneously had a fear that what if he doesn't Mm. what am i gonna forever be alone am i forever not gonna be loved am i Am I going to be the only one that doesn't get a happy... Or if I am married, am I going to be unhappily married and have no excitement in my marriage? Am I just going to be appeasing what God wants me to do? And I'm never going to have this excitement. Yeah. I'm never going to have like this like heart pounding, like whatever moment with someone because I am not interested. Mm. And so I dealt with a lot of that stuff. And so while all that's going on and while I'm fighting and struggling and I'd have good months and bad months and good months and bad months and whatever i was also watching mom who married who i now call dad i was watching him take care of her i was watching him make her coffee every morning i was watching him calm her down when she was super stressed and whatever and in the past if she was stressed out or lashing out then her boyfriends would lash out back against her well you did this and you this and you that and if you would have done this then this wouldn't have happened and the arguing and the back and forth over nothing Whereas mom would have actual struggles and dad would just be like, hey, like, it's going to be okay. Like, God is good. He's going to take care of us. Mm -hmm. And I watched his calm strength, which in the Bible, like, the men are supposed to lead. They're not supposed to be weak. They're not supposed to be behind their wives who are just telling them what to do and whatever. Like, we're supposed to support them and the men are supposed to be the lead. And I always thought, well, if I'm going to listen to a man, he's going to have to be so strong that he can combat my strength because my tongue and my attitude can go and contend with the best of them. No, and you and I, because we were raised in single mother households, we were taught not to rely on anyone, to be independent. Mm -hmm. We don't need no man. Mm -hmm. You doing it on your own. Like, we watch them do it on their own. So that's, that's kind of the standard that we set. Yep. So I even struggled with that when I started dating Jonathan because he would try to get into that role and i was like um who do you think you are (laughs) and then you with the don't tell me what to do (laughs) yeah Yeah. struggle with authority and and that like you have to be submissive to your man of god yeah and watching watching dad was definitely a learning season because mom would be so fiery and i would see him almost water her fire of like calm her down yeah soothe her he was the extinguisher he was the extinguisher (laughs) and even with me there was a day i was really and i always had the habit of like holding the weight of the household like as i grew up i had the weight of like finances and all this stuff because my mom would try to hide it from me but it's like you can't really hide it from a kid i can see your stress i can feel it so when I grew up, it was like, 
well, I'm trying to be in school so I can get a good job so I can make money, but I'm also trying to be in a job so I can make money now. So then, and then I have this going on and we have my dog and like, it was just so stressful where dad literally sat down one day, sat me down. Cause I was going from one job to school or whatever. And I had like two or three jobs, part-time jobs. I was rotating while a full-time student while having a puppy, or I might've been part-time student, but it was like, I think it was like three out of four classes. (laughs) So like three out of a four load. And he literally sat me down at the dining room table and I was like, I have to go. I have to go to class. And he's like, hold on. I'm here. I don't know what you guys have been through in the past where you feel like you have to do everything, but I'm right here. I'm going to take care of you guys and I'm going to be here for you. Mm, That's God. And he's like, I don't know who hurt (laughs) y'all, but I'm right here and I am going to pray with you and I'm going to stand with you. And if you need help, you need to speak up. You need to stop worrying about all these finances because we're going to take care of this as a family. We're going to help each other with these burdens, whatever. Like it was such a calming moment where I felt like I could actually rest on a man. I could actually mm. rest in the fact that he was taking care of me. And he did things that like I used to, my mom's exes would be very transactional. Oh, if you do this, I'm going to do this. And yeah. well, if you do the dishes, then I'll do that or whatever. It was so transactional. Whereas the first time I even spent any time with Nathan my front tire broke outside and it was outside of the house and i was like dang it i'll go fix it in the morning and he i woke up the next day with a note and his car keys that said i don't know when you have to wake up or when you have to go to work or whatever but if you have to go somewhere here's your keys i took your car to go get it fixed and i came downstairs and it was already my car was already back and fixed new tire and he left another note inside the car with a (laughs) tire gauge that said i love you so much Please learn how to use this. (laughs) 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 I filled your tire. Let me know if you need anything else. Have a great day. Mm. And he never asked for anything. He never like needed me to be anything. didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to earn a single ounce of it. So watching that, I think, prepped me because my husband, as you know, and as listeners probably won't, but he is such a humble, meek man, but he has such a quiet strength. Mm. And Mm -hmm. he is such a rock for me. And I always thought if I'm going to follow a man, he's going to be very fiery and loud so that he can combat my attitude. Whereas it's the opposite. I'll have an attitude and he's so calm that I feel like I have to meet him there. (laughs) I have to drop back down because I'll go at him and not now, but when we were first together, I'd be like, loud and like what do you mean like why don't you blah 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 and he'd be like she's a white girl that had the latina attitude (laughs) (laughs) because you grew up like around me around my mom and our other (laughs) people Mm -hmm. and it's hard to argue with someone who refuses to argue yo (laughs) i'd be i used to get so frustrated at jonathan because i feel like i'm like just yell at me They just fight with me because <laughs> that's how i saw communication growing up yeah if you're not loud you're not talking i can't i can't hear you if you're not yelling at me say it with your chest <laughs> if you're gonna say something like that say it loud but yeah i mean i feel like after that after seeing all that i was to a place where we talked one day and you know and there was a period of my life where i just wasn't attracted to anyone anymore like i was so invested in god that like i just yeah. didn't want anyone i got to a point in my life where like whether it be women or men like I wasn't attracted to either one because I just was so set on God and so focused but then it started to grow a point where I felt ready to be a wife Mm. but I didn't have anybody in mind so (laughs) I would get frustrated like I feel like I'm ready to be with someone there's just every date I went on every promising person found out almost immediately not the one not the one not the one not the one 
and I wasn't in the mood to entertain anymore. So yeah. as soon as it was not the one, I left. And you didn't waste uh, your time. Yeah, didn't waste my time at all. Anytime I felt impatient of like, come on, God, where's my husband, whatever. Instead of just being mad at God for his timing, I started to pray for my husband. Yeah. Lord, I hope he's having a good day. I pray that the friends he's around are edifying him. I pray that he, if he's in a relationship, that it ends. If like, <laughs> because I'm so serious. Yeah. I was like, don't let him cry. People would make fun of me because I prayed for, I remember being <laughs> like 20, 23. This was around the age that I was praying this stuff. And I got made fun of, of like, you're not going to find a 20 year old husband that's a virgin. Because I would pray, like, I want a virgin. I haven't been with a man. I don't want a man that's been with a woman that way. Mm. Yeah, a kissed or whatever didn't bother me. But I didn't want, I wanted a virgin. And they're like, you're never going to find that. My husband was a virgin when we got <laughs> married. Yeah. And so was I. It definitely was an answered prayer. But I would pray things like, if he's in a relationship, break it off. Let his heart not be in it. Like, I was, <laughs> I was homewrecking for so, my husband. Get him ready, Lord. Get him ready. <laughs> get him alone. Like, prepare his heart. If you're ever feeling impatient about something you're waiting on God for, just start praying into it. If you're waiting for, your, you know, to have kids, start praying for your kids. If you're ready for a husband, start praying for your husband. And don't, if you're getting impatient, like, five times a day, pray five times a day god mm-hmm. wants to hear every single time yep. i have to pray every day every single day like for patience for those <laughs> <laughs> for patience but also for me to not listen to the enemy and get anxious or like about money or just i literally am constantly in prayer asking god to help my mind he i this all the time all day the same prayers like he doesn't get annoyed he's not gonna get frustrated yeah he already knows it but he wants us to lean on him and keep praying the same thing over and over again you're not gonna be annoying him hurting his ears like that is proof that you're choosing to trust god and lean on him when you're constantly bringing it to him and we're called to do so in the bible because the second you stop bringing it to him you're it's automatically going to fall back in your hands and you're going to try to take control of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I had to learn the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) So you, God, which the timing of everything, like he brought your dad into your life for you to see what you were looking for before Mm -hmm. he healed everything and really got you on that, like before bringing your husband back in. So what was your relationship with God like when you met your husband? Kind of bring us into that time frame. Yeah, so I mean, I was starting to get back on fire for God when we met. And it was more of a, okay, like now whether I'm with friends, whether I'm whatever, because, you know, with what we went through, of you know, because I'm so close to you, it was easy for me to fall into it because, you know, you see what your friends are doing or whatever. But then also, like, I would then put myself with friend groups that weren't on the same page at all either. So then I was just constantly in. um, We we got better. We got better. (laughs) But after that period, I just felt like I was in such a place where I was like, all right, God, I just want you. I just want to spend time with you. Mm. I just want to be with you. I want whatever you have to give. Oh, yeah. Mm Because if you want the thing more than you want who gives the thing, that's a problem, too. And he will make you wait until you want him more than the blessing or more yeah. than the healing, more than the deliverance. Your heart is only supposed to be set on God. Yeah. <laughs> and he will give you the desires. Well, yeah, no, I'm just like, you got to that point where you're like, you know what, God, that's what point I was at before I met Jonathan. I was like, I just got out of this thing. Like, I need to recover. Like, I don't even want nobody. I said, God, if 
the next person you bring me is not who I'm going to marry and is not going to lead me to you. Mm-hmm. Don't even send them. Yeah. Help me, like, not see anybody else because I just want you. I want to focus on you. I want to get right with you. And then when I wasn't trying, that's when he said, bloop, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and with us, when we met, we met in college. It was, like, my senior year. Her husband. Not oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> well, we met when I was, like, a toddler. <laughs> but when the timing of when we met was when mom had just gotten diagnosed with cancer but we didn't know what stage and it was during like covid it was like 2020 Mm. and i walked into class and i was super late because and this is how god works too it's crazy how god works because sometimes he has to yell at you yeah because just this is how i met my husband and i would not have had the opportunity to see him again maybe in a different you know setting or whatever but like yeah he would have brought y'all back together no but listen i almost did not walk into those doors <laughs> i was actively in sam's car my friend's car and i was looking at the syllabus scanning for if it was really mandatory to show up the first day <laughs> <laughs> I you not yeah. i was already late i was like i don't want to go to class it was my senior year and so I scroll and I saw in bold words, mandatory. God said mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't want to go to class. I don't feel like going to class. Yeah. I'm not in the mood to go to class. I was like, whatever, fine. And I go in and it had one of those like steel doors that makes the world's most amount of sound. And everybody turned around and it was a teacher that wasn't my biggest fan because (laughs) I was working in hospitality as a manager. So I was always on call. I was late or whatever because stuff would happen. But teachers don't want to hear that. So they don't care. But anyway, I walk in. Vin was the only person in the aisles to the right. So he caught my eye because he was like alone. Because everyone, literally, there was a middle row of a ton of kids. And then to the right was just Vin at the front. (laughs) And so, like, I locked eyes with him, and we, he was wearing, like, a hat and a mask, and I was wearing a mask or whatever. So, like, it literally was just, like, eye contact. Mm. And I was like, well, he's kind of cute. And then... With a face mask? Well, just <laughs> his, his, eyes. Eyes. his eyes. His yeah. eyes were very, like... Captivating? Yeah. They were, like, honey brown. Like, there was, like, very deep, intense, dark brown around it, but then a very, like, honey color in the middle. So, I was just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I walked... Um, I walked and sat next to him and we ended up meeting, working on class projects. But the crazy thing about God and God's timing is through that friendship that began first, he was already showing me how to take my anxieties down and relax. And because I was going through a lot with mom's diagnosis, but then as soon as we met, like the first week we were actually talking and FaceTiming and having conversations and texting or whatever. Mom walked in one day and shut the door and dad was there and they both sat down and they were like, can you get off the phone? Which they never asked me to do. Uh. So I was like, yeah, I think I wasn't on the phone with him, but I was on the phone with one of my friends. So I hung up and I was like, okay. And I already didn't have a good feeling. And she got, that's when she got diagnosed with stage four in that time. And what I mean by God's timing is like, she should not have lived as long as she did after that stage four. She lived for 18 more months. Yeah. And in that time period, from me meeting my husband at that diagnosis to then we got married at the hospital with her still alive and able yeah. to fully witness and participate in the wedding. Oh, man, that was so God. I mean, we'll get into it more, but like the day before, it wasn't really there. And now like 
she was it was like what's the word she i mean like came alive she was like lucid like yeah, she, was she was there she was like if nothing nothing was wrong she was standing like she was fully wasn't supposed present to. yeah because <laughs> they kept yelling at her to go back in her wheelchair and she was like no, no let me stand up we're taking yeah. photos move the wheelchair yeah she got to say i love you son and like have those moments and like that's something i still remember standing outside of the doorway of her hospital room and hearing who and and hearing her say i love you son and him say i love you mom and i had a flash of like that conversation of her diagnosis yeah. and how quickly God works because mm-hmm. it wasn't just like we got married because we were out of time. We wanted to be married and time was approaching and yeah. we got to get married that quickly. And I was in love with him and I wanted to be with him and I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him yeah. before that happened. Mm-hmm. So it just was such a... The God timing. Like he, when God does a thing, it's not going to follow what society deems as an appropriate timeline yeah and a lot of people make comments about oh christians get married fast so they can start having sex like god just moves things in the way that he needs to and he knew that that was something that you wanted and because he's such a good father he made it so that she could be around and you could get married and she'll be there and And that she wouldn't be that missing face if it was to happen later yeah and even legally too because we got the call on a thursday that like dad called me and this was right after news that it had shrunk by more than half in one of her lungs it went from 10 millimeters to four so we had a lot of hope and then i get a call on a thursday saying the doctor said she has days if not weeks maybe at most months Mm -hmm. and so i hung up i called vin and we both kind of had the same idea at the same time that i was like you know i don't want to pressure you i don't want to whatever but like, I need my mom to be there. And he's like, no, literally the moment you told me, I had the same exact thought, we're going to get married. She's going to be there. And so we realized that the the day's report was like, they were, we were asking, you know, if we have family in town, like how soon should we get them here? And they're like, now, like get them here now. She does not have a lot of time. So we got, we were saying like, we're going to get married on Monday. So this is Friday now. We're going to get married on Monday because we just kept hearing worse and worse news that she was rapidly going to start declining. I was talking to my now mother-in-law and she was just saying, you know, even if you just get married in front of God, it's the same or whatever. Cause I was trying to figure out a marriage certificate legally binding. And I was like, I know it's the same. It's not the same to me. Like I want it to be before God, the government, whoever. I want it to be Official. legitimate. Like yeah. I want it to be all in one. And God knew how much that meant to me because as we got the certificate, it was literally active in Florida. You have to wait three days. It was active the exact Monday. It was the first day it was active. There was so much just in that And normally that's business days. That was over the weekend that they activated that for you. So that was literally God just like, it's active. (laughs) It's active. Yeah. No, genuinely. And like, because I was like, I know it's the same or whatever. It's not a big deal to other people, but it was a big deal to me. Like I wanted, I wanted her to be able to witness it all in one. I'm not redoing it in front of a court. I'm not redoing it when she's not there. I want her to be there for everything. Yeah. And it's, and it was just so beautiful. Like there's so, there's probably a whole episode in a, of itself of all the things that God did in that moment, even from 
the pastor that married us married my parents and gave the same sermon he gave to them he gave it to us and he was like it was a gift because he said i pulled this up as a surprise that i'm going to give you the exact same sermon that your mom got the day she got married it's just too much i don't want to get into it unless i'm gonna say all of it so well a question just for the listeners to understand like god's role in all this with your faith and like you staying a believer because a lot of people you know you it, it doesn't make sense that god would bring you your husband bring your mom a husband and then take her away yeah. how did you navigate your relationship with god during this time because this is probably one of the most painful times in your life the yeah most painful time in your life well throughout the entire that's a i'm gonna try to keep it concise but i throughout the time like every time i had a weak moment god always picked me up I had moments where I was reading a book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, and she was talking about stomach pain and how she was in so much pain. Like, off and on, she'd have stomach problems, and then it was so intense that she had to go to the hospital after a vacation, and she was writhing in pain That's in the, the hospital That's the upside-down book? The Lisa Turnipkiss? Yeah, yeah. I'll put it down below. She was, like, writhing in pain, going back and forth, like, God, I thought you were a good, good father. How can you watch me in so much pain and just sit there and do nothing and whatever? And she had all those emotions, which was everything I was feeling. Because mm. I'm watching my mom, and I'm helping her walk when I'm 24 years old. And I had a young mom, as we talked about. She was a teen mom, basically. Why am I... That's supposed to be one of the perks of having a young mom, is that I don't have to watch stuff like this. I don't have to help her walk at 24 years old. Yeah. And it just was crazy to me, because months prior, she was fine. Yeah. She could have sprinted. Probably not fast because she was never really athletic, but like yeah. it was it was it felt different. like a rapid decline. Rapid. It literally like all of a sudden like it was on my twenty fourth birthday. So literally three years ago exact that I was helping her walk halls in a hospital. Mm. And um as I'm reading that book, it was kind of like, and I, I, was, I was FaceTiming Vin, he was my boyfriend at the time, but I was just struggling and I called him and I was just like, yo, I'm not doing okay. It wasn't that the time that I was helping her walk, this was a separate time where we were just getting bad news. I picked a random book off the shelf because we were just getting bad news at the hospital and like my job was driving me crazy because I wasn't getting any sleep and oh, yeah. call outs and all this stuff. And I was, was working a bunch thin. of- I was spread thin. And so I'm reading this about you know, good, good father watching her in pain and whatever. And that's all I could remember was like just watching mom every time she goes to the hospital, just be in so much pain. And it was so hard to even get her medication. She said the doctors basically told her in the book, say goodbye to your family because we're not sure. And when she woke up, the doctor said, mind you, my mom's name is Lisa. I didn't know this when I was reading the book because it said in quotes, Lisa, you could not have come closer to death than this and lived. And she said, I realized when the doctor said that, that the reason God watched me in pain and waited was because if it wasn't for the pain, I would have never gone to the hospital and I would have never gotten help. And I would have just died one day. I would have just not woken up one day. And at the time I took it as like, oh, mom's going to get healed. But in all honesty, mom had an opiate addiction because she had surgeries on her shoulder, three surgeries that never healed. And so she was always on pain meds to help that shoulder pain. And she wanted to get clean. She was like, I'm tired of relying on medication forever. Like, I don't want to rely on medicine. So she went to a rehab to get off of the medication. And because she was in so much pain, she realized she went to the doctor and she's like, something's wrong. And that's how they found the cancer in the first place. And now when I reflect on that book, it's like, if 
she didn't deal with all that pain, she just would have not woken up one day. And it would have been much faster because we never would have gotten medication. We never would have gotten anything. She would have just been gone. And I would have had to sit with the realization that she's just gone out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like when people say, why does God let bad things happen? Because if we don't have that pain, we don't know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Pain is our body telling us, hey, alert, alert. Yeah. And even to put it in further terms, like, she's not upset right now she's not in pain anymore she's not whatever like i'm the one that's here missing her if anything she is with god she is made whole and even after she passed i was going through a really hard time and like i had kept my faith of god i'm not going to mourn her until her she's taken her last breath i am not going to say goodbye until she is gone i'm going to stand on the faith of a mustard seed i am not going anywhere until you say that she is gone and that is your will and i will trust your will Mm. when she passed i collapsed (laughs) it by myself and just was crying and i was just like god i am really struggling i'm not okay i've been trying to hold it together this whole time but i can't keep this up anymore i'm trying to stay strong for family and for whatever but like i am really struggling i didn't think this was what you were going to choose help me and that night i just need a sign that she's okay i need to know that she's with you i need assurance that she's with you and i am someone that i feel like god has god speaks to me a lot through my dreams yeah and in warnings and all things and that night i had a dream where mom was like 25 ish and i could see that she had like cancer but i was confused because the cancer in real life used to make her slouch and struggle and whatever and she was sitting up perfectly straight she was talking normally and she looked youthful she looked vibrant but i could tell she had cancer and i was like mom how i don't understand like how are you talking how are you okay right now and she said i'm okay i'm with him and I woke up. I told my aunt about it. And she was like, that makes sense to me. Because even after Jesus died, you could still see the scars of what he went through when he was here. Yeah. And I don't know. It was a dream that gave me a lot of peace. And God was very good about giving us peace that didn't make any sense. It didn't look like I was in mourning when mom passed. Because, yeah, I had my moments. Yes, there was struggles. But to the masses, I w- you would not have even known anything was wrong. And it's because God gave me so many blessings and so many things to be grateful for and gave me so much perspective on the entire process. I'm not saying I was happy with every single thing that happened, but God comforted me and was there for me. And even in the things I don't understand because he was there for me in ways that make no sense to anybody else. And I had a piece that didn't make any sense to anyone else. I trusted him. And for everything I had ever been through in my life, I, I could do nothing but trust him because he had only taken care of me and only protected me and even what you said about dad coming into my life that was a conversation i had with dad because i thought about that with god too i'm like why'd you put god like obviously nathan was good for us because you know he was a support system he was there for her she got to be married and loved before she passed and it was something that i wrestled with how come he is dealing with this too why is he alone why does he have to deal with this why did he get married into a family just to watch his wife pass away from something his beloved grandfather passed away from four years prior then we both individually came to the realization that he was put into my uh, into our lives for me to redeem my father to redeem my father figure and he got married shortly after that year and that doesn't make any sense to anyone else and some people think like oh it's because he didn't love my mom no no he absolutely loved her and it's god's timing doesn't make sense to everyone i mourned 
the fact that my dad no longer had his person to call on his way home from work, no longer had the person to turn over to in the middle of the night when you have a nightmare or when you're dealing with something or you're stressed out or you just want to hug or whatever. Like he lost all of that. He lost his person overnight. God kept her, sustained her. It was a rapid decline at the end. She was well aware and involved and whatever up until the end. So I do believe that was God's mercy of withholding a lot of that so that we could actually spend purposeful time with her before she passed. Even in that with dad getting remarried, this is not going to make sense to anyone else, but I have such a good relationship with his wife and I was in such sadness thinking about dad alone and not having anyone anymore. And he put, he was so faithful to God that entire time. Yeah. And he stayed strong for our family. And he, they weren't married for very long. So he came into this marriage, had two years of a marriage, and then two years picked of nursing someone. He picked up and left someone. his life somewhere He picked else. up and left his life, yeah. He moved states to be with her, to marry her. Mm. And then two years into their marriage, she gets put with a terminal disease. And he stayed faithful, stayed strong, did not leave, did not waver, was such a rock for her. He ended up meeting someone. God's timing is God's timing. Yep. Even with like our marriage, and I'll just say like there was a lot of things, your question of, you know, how do you stay faithful? It's because every time I had a weak point, God stepped in. Yeah. And even with the wedding and how much I was just on edge. And I'll just say these quick points because they are quick to say like, number one, my wedding dress was my sister-in-law's who she ended up. Like, it was originally her wedding dress, but she picked a different one for her wedding. And she couldn't return the original dress. They couldn't sell it. They couldn't get rid of it. His mom tried to, like, give it to other people. They just, it just didn't find a home. She brought it to his apartment for me to try on. And it fit perfectly to the point where we went to the seamstress. And they literally said, I don't know what you want to do. It fits her perfectly. (laughs) And a little taller than me like we're just not the same (laughs) like it fit perfectly number two the floral or the the floral people or whatever my mother-in-law called me and said they only have one flower in stock can you guess the color and i said no way and i said is it coral which is my favorite color and she's like yep that is the only color they have in stock and so they got the flowers the wedding cake the lady was like, I'm sorry, we don't work on weekends and we won't be able to prepare it in time or whatever. And I was ready to just go to Publix. I didn't care. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to whatever. And like we had told the, the lady the story and why the rush and blah, blah, blah. And then I went to the restroom. I come back and they're both crying. And I'm like, why are you guys crying? We already told you guys the sad part. Why is everyone crying now? Yeah. And the lady said, I told God that just happened to me. My, I think it was her mom also passed away from that Uh two weeks ago. And I told God when I bought this place, I was going to honor him with it. This cake will be ready. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I I know that, but I'm about to cry right now. (laughs) And God comes through y'all when, when he says something in motion, no matter how fast it it could be happening so fast that we don't even know what's going on. I did not. But he has, he literally covered every single detail for you every detail and even like some of the staff was coming up and saying how much it blessed them to see this because their parent had passed away from cancer and their parent never saw them get married Mm. and it was like a full circle moment of feeling like just kind of like secondhand peace yeah of being able to be a part of it and closure and they're like that's the reason we're in the oncology ward to begin with because my parent had it Mm. and all that and even the icing on the cake my favorite gift was the day of the wedding and mom called me i missed the call and i called her back and we had a conversation and then i heard press one to save or something like that and i was like hold on mom let me call you back 
So I hang up and I check my voicemail and our entire conversation got sent back to me in a voicemail the day of my wedding. And it's just stuff that like, it's just, this is unheard of. Like who, I've never had ever have had a conversation recorded and sent back to me in a voicemail ever. No phone call ever. I've never even heard of someone else having that happen. And it was just so perfect because I had just missed her call. Like just, like I went to click it and it was gone. And then I call her back and it like immediately recorded everything we said. So I will forever have the conversation I have with my mom on my wedding day. It just like there were so many things that God just blessed us with out the gate. So what advice can you give to someone that's struggling with, you know, the grief of losing a parent or even if they're in that struggle of watching this happen and they don't understand why God is not showing up? Because I feel like with your story, that was you living out, God, you are good even if it doesn't happen how I think it is. That your word says you're going to heal, but he healed in a way that you didn't expect. Yeah. He healed her, took her back home. You you were believing for it to be here yeah and with uh, in this life still that she was going to be healed and not pass so what advice can you give to someone that's lost a parent or that's going through that i'd say when you're at your weakest point that god is a comforter and that he understands your pain and that you don't have to hide or pretend like you're okay when you're alone with the father you can tell him everything you're thinking i told him everything i was thinking and i was never mad at god because i knew destruction death sickness did not come from the lord and i just leaned in and said god i trust you and i'm hurting and i'm struggling and i need your help i need faith i need peace i need this and that to be able to be this and that for my family Mm -hmm. i want to be an example i don't want to be i don't want to live in fear i don't want to whatever and this was during covid too so Mom's dealing with cancer, which is something that's very sensitive to your immune system. And there's all this fear about sickness spreading and how easy it is to get sick. And it's very easy to be anxious in that mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I had to lean on God a lot. But I would say that you don't have to have pretty prayers. Just come to him and be real because he already knows the truth in your heart. So if you're trying to pretend to be some godly christian that has it all together <laughs> you in your can't head fool god yeah. he knows your thoughts before you even think them yeah <laughs> exactly so there's no point in lying and he cares about your hurt and the only way he can take it is when you're honest and that mm. and you're open Ooh, yeah when you're willing to give it to him mm-hmm. mm. another question i'll ask what wisdom and guidance would you be able to provide to the person that's struggling with homosexuality they don't feel like they can come to God or that God's ever going to heal them from that or why it's even wrong based off of your experience and your deliverance from that. What would you encourage someone that's dealing with that today? That's light work compared to what we just covered. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> yeah. like, oh. there's two sides of it. There's like the person that is seeking after God and still struggling. And yeah. there's also the person that doesn't even know God, doesn't think it's wrong. Like, what you got to what you got to say about that? <laughs> For the one that doesn't think it's wrong, I would encourage you to not even get your answer from me, not get your answer from TV, not from radio, not from a friend. Go to God, seek him. If you actually want a relationship, go to him and say, "Lord, I want a relationship with you. Could you let me know? Is this right? Is this wrong?" And as you seek him, just be open to either or. Because if you're like, no, there's no way I'm giving this up, the answer you'll always get is no. Like, you'll be like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. And, like, that'll just be your response. So I'd say be willing to go to God and don't even take my word for it. Go to your relationship with him. 
I'm not going to tell you what to do, what not to do. I will say it is in the Bible, but, and he made man and he made woman, but I would also encourage those who are struggling and want to change and want to do that, that one, I really hoped that some, I could find someone that had been through what I had been through and came out on the other side with hope because even the hopeful stories I heard, they were incomplete and that depleted me. Because it was like, they chose to give it up. They were like, okay, I'll be celibate. But they never got there happily ever after, for lack of a better term. So I would say that if no one else in your life or if no one else you see online, there is hope. And I am an example because God did deliver me from that. I am in such a happy relationship, happy marriage. There is hope and God can and will do it. If you're willing, if you want a family, you want to start that life with someone, but you just don't have the desire at the moment or the attraction at the moment, but you desire the family, you desire that future, you desire that life. I mean, celibacy is always an option, but if that's something you desire, God will give you the person. He will fulfill the desires of your heart. So I am an example. I am absolutely in love with my husband. The desires that are aligned with his word. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. No, but some people, like, they just don't want to be with anyone. And the Bible says, in some cases, that's better. Like, if if you can be without a husband or a wife, great, because then you're solely committed to God. Yeah. But if you must, it says, if If you you must. must. (laughs) So if you must, God can. So there's there's that oh i like to i'm gonna start asking this in every testimony episode that i do if you could have a conversation with your younger self what would you tell her relax (laughs) know that one what you're feeling may not always make sense but you are not a bad person i would want someone to give me hope and tell me that it was going to be okay and that if i just wait on the lord there is something so good coming and not to compromise my future for the right now pleasures oh i was thinking that as you said it (laughs) that was holy spirit confirmation (laughs) because a lot of people they get that like hell and brimstone like Mm -hmm. that is real Mm -hmm. your sin is what keeps you dead yeah and will lead to and that's what hell is hell is eternity without god yep no hope yeah no hope no peace no no relief Ooh. And it's a choice. And people are like, oh, why would God be so loving and send people to hell? They just, he just sent them where they chose. Exactly. And why the whole point of the free will is because it means more to God when you choose him mm-hmm. because you want to not be, he, he doesn't want his creation as robots. Like they only love me because I made them that way. Your free will is the only thing you can offer God. Yeah. Even though people say like, oh, tithing to the church, whatever. God doesn't need your money, doesn't need your things, doesn't need anything because he has the entire universe at his hand if he wants it. He's, he's not broke, he's not whatever. Yeah, and those things are just principles of obedience, sacrifice, mm-hmm. surrender, and submission. Those are It's just an action to practice those principles. But like you said, it's just all about the free will. And when you choose him, he's going to do the rest for you. Yeah. That's Matthew 6, 33. Seek the kingdom above all else and live righteously, and then these things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about the little stuff. but just know that your choice is gonna have a consequence (laughs) life or death (laughs) any last words uh girl oh she almost knocked herself out (laughs) on the mic (laughs) yeah i hope you all have a blessed week you know what close us out in a prayer amen dear father i pray that anyone who is listening to this podcast be filled with joy hope 
perseverance, that whatever they're going through, whether it's something similar to what I've been through or going through something completely separate altogether, that you just be that comforter for them, that listening ear, that all who draw nigh to you, you draw nigh to them. And I pray that as they walk throughout this week, that there are issues or areas that come up, that you meet them in their need and that they know that it comes from you. All good things come from you. Mm. I pray that all their conversations and their friendships are edifying them and leading them into purpose and not into destruction. I pray that as they walk into their jobs, that there's fire on their feet and on their tongues for your Holy Spirit to speak what it needs to speak and they need to go where they are going to go to be able to spread your gospel. Mm. I pray that if there is a student that is in school, that they can help spread your word and your truth, even if there are other truths being spread, that mm. they can hold fast to their beliefs. And even if they're the only one that carries those beliefs, you give them the strength to be a strong post and a rock for those who need it. In your holy name, I pray. Amen. I hope this episode blessed you. And I thank you for taking the time to listen. And thank you, Ash, for sharing your story again. I know, you know, as we said in the beginning, it's taken a lot for you to get to this point and all glory goes to god all honor goes to god because without god this was impossible and he made it possible so if you guys have any ideas for what we can talk about in our next episode check the show notes i always leave a poll or a q a on spotify and make sure you add the show to your library because a lot of you guys listen but you are not followed so subscribe please uh follow the journey and may god bless you and yeah see you next week bye